Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. It is Monday, October 23rd, and the Kansas City Chiefs sit atop the AFC at 6-1 after a Week 7 31-17 win over the Los Angeles Chargers. Let me welcome in the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Sweeney, Chiefs get it done against the Chargers with what I think is an extremely impressive second half showing by the Kansas City Chiefs defense after some Stumbles in the first half. Chiefs totally clamp down on the Chargers in the second half. They wind up pulling away and they take down Justin Herbert and company to improve to six and one on the season. Yeah, it was really a, a tale of two halves. I I thought, um, you know, there was a, a moment there. I think, especially toward the end of the second quarter, where the game almost seemed like that one game, Steve, from a, a few years ago with the Los Angeles Rams it was within reach to have Patrick Mahomes maybe get to his total yardage ever, which would have been the high 400s. It was within reach for Travis Kelsey, but potentially have uh, his best game ever. That would have bested that game from a few years ago in LA against the chargers. And then everything just calmed down. The defense is on both sides of the ball chiefs and the chargers. They buckled down and it was a much more defensive half uh, on the other side. And the chiefs very quietly here, I think, had a great defensive performance because yes, the second quarter wasn't good. And it seemed like they were leaving players wide open and there were these explosive plays, but they blanked the chargers completely in the second half, which is really hard to do. So uh, they were able to recover and, and I thought put together a nice performance. And you know, you got to give a hat tip to the chargers as well. This is a, a good offense. They have a lot of weapons. And so for the chiefs to kind of, look inward and head into the locker room and come out stronger. I thought was a good sign. Yeah. And I, I said on the rapid reaction show that I think this was the most impressive chiefs performance of the season. And obviously like the defense great in the second half after the chargers were kind of pulling it all out in the first half. And the defense was obviously really keying in on Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, their biggest playmakers, and so the Chargers were attacking that in the first half by spreading the ball out and, and getting everyone else involved in the offense and trying to get those guys in open space because you're putting double teams on Keenan Allen and you're spying Austin Eckler and doing all that stuff to try to keep their playmakers from getting the football. But I, I think offensively, this was easily the best performance of the Kansas City Chiefs offense uh, through seven weeks of the NFL season. Patrick Mahomes, Great. Goes 32 of 42 for 424 yards and four touchdowns. Has the one interception, which wasn't great. But other than that, Mahomes spectacular. Hits 10 different pass catchers on Sunday. And Travis Kelsey, just 
absolutely dominant. Maybe it was Taylor Swift being in the building again. I don't know. But Travis Kelsey has been trending in the right direction after starting the season slow with the knee injury. And the Chargers had absolutely no answers for Kelsey on Sunday. It's unbelievable that he does this to the Chargers every single season. But Kelsey finishes the day with 12 receptions for 179 yards and a touchdown in what I think was just easily the most impressive offensive performance of the Chiefs season so far. Yeah, I, I thought so. And and I'm going to share a story with you, Steve. I'm not going to name names here, but I had a, a colleague who's also in the media with the Chiefs that texted me in the middle of the game and was saying, yeah, the Chiefs still need a receiver. And I don't know if we can just keep saying that over and over again. I also disagree with whoever that is. So. The, the, the Chiefs had 400 yards of offense. I'm sick of hearing the whole receiver thing. And I know that I think, uh, or I, I should say, I think that we're going to still hear some of that this week. Uh, and and I just, what I, I think I would go against in saying that, like, Travis Kelsey remains looking ageless. And granted, yeah, I think in future years, if Kelsey were to retire or not be a part of the Chiefs anymore, you know, maybe you would need a tight end like him or a legit dominating number one receiver. But the way that this offense is built and the way that it's built through Kelsey, I think you can manage to have one of the better offensives in the league, even as you, as you have these developing younger wide receivers. And so that's kind of where I, I end up on, on this whole thing. I just, I just get the feeling that the Chiefs are going to be okay. Uh, sure, uh, you're going to want to see even more from Rasheed Rice, but he's progressing along here uh, in Week 7, and I think he's your next option. And you can see that the Chiefs also have this supplemental production even, even beyond him now that you add uh, a McCole Hardman to the mix. So I, I like the Chiefs' offense right now, and I, I think you just got to hope they continue to build off their performance. And you know, for those critics and, and those fans who still think that the offense – that the offense needs more. What I would say is you don't right now that you have Kelsey. And if you look around the league, like say any, any team lost, you know, what would be their number one option. Any team would be in trouble. Like you look at the Bengals and Jamar chase and Dolphins and Tyree kill. That's the Kelsey for the chiefs. And that's okay. And I just think the offense really showed that they're good enough and don't really need to add any of these, these pieces. And, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling on Sunday has 84 yards on three catches, and one of those was a 46-yard touchdown, which I, I think that's great. I don't think you can rely on that every week from MVS. Like, we've seen how inconsistent he's been this season. Jarek McKinnon was more involved on Sunday. He also had a long touchdown that was called back due to a penalty early in the game. Like, I, I think the reason I don't think they need a wide receiver right now, and I think what has actually worked to the Chiefs' advantage that maybe we haven't discussed this much or enough this so far this season, is that the early part of their schedule was the easy part of their schedule. Now we've got this game against the Miami Dolphins here in a couple of weeks, and they head into their bye, and we know the back half of the schedule after their bye week is much tougher than the first part of their schedule. Well, that's perfect because this first half of the schedule has been them kind of figuring things out and trying to say, okay, is Rasheed Rice actually the best wide receiver on the team or do we need to keep deploying these guys? And I think definitively right now, you can say that Rasheed Rice is clearly the most talented wide receiver in that room and for this offense. And we're just seeing the trust grow every single week. We're seeing the role grow every single week. He has five receptions for 60 yards and another touchdown on Sunday. And I think what 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 keeps impressing me so much from Rasheed Rice is that every time he touches the ball, for a player his size, 
he just shows a burst in acceleration that you can't really expect. Like it's surprising almost how quickly he can turn and get upfield. And even on the touchdown pass, that was a tough throw for Patrick Mahomes to make. And we've seen him over the first few weeks of the season where he doesn't necessarily trust Sky more, or he doesn't trust MVS or some of these other guys to like put these tight window throws on him and, and know that they're going to make a play. He's been doing that with Rasheed Rice. I think he's got a lot of trust in Rasheed Rice. We're going to continue to see his role expand as the season goes forward. And I think the Chiefs really hit on that draft pick so far. The early returns, I think Rasheed Rice has all kinds of potential. And it's so early, too. I mean, I, I think he's even going to be a better receiver by the end of this. And you mentioned the touchdown. The touchdown is a perfect example of the trust, I think, that Patrick Mahomes has in Rasheed Rice because if you really watch it, it's one of these touch passes flick of, of the wrist where you're going over multiple defenders. And Patrick Mahomes is just trusting that he's going to be there um, where he's just dropping it in. And he was. Uh, and and I, I think you really only see that level of trust with two other guys on the team. That's Travis Kelsey and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, and that's because these are players that now have been here for a few years and they've been able to have these catches in, in big moments. And this is just the beginning for, for Rice. And I, I think that's important to remember here. It, it, it to me, is um, a scenario where you're going to see him play even better as you go. And for him to be this far along a second rounder, I mean, he's you compared him to Sky Moore. I, I think Sky Moore has a more minor role in this offense, but you can just tell he's just way further along than Sky Moore was at, at this stage last year. And I would even say right now. Yeah, I, I think he is the best wide receiver on the team, and, and he shows week after week how much potential he has for them moving forward. But uh, you mentioned McCall Hardman already, and you know McCall Hardman's return uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs, it was kind of up and down. Now, early in the game, the Patrick Mahomes interception, which I think was a uh, football that he never should have thrown. McCall Hardman wasn't open. Would have liked to see McCole Hardman uh, play defense a little bit more there to try to keep that ball from being intercepted, but it is what it is. It wasn't uh, a great offensive performance from McCole Hardman, but in the fourth quarter, McCole Hardman comes up with a huge play. It's a 58-yard punt return that puts the Chiefs in good position. Then on the same drive, third and seven, Chiefs need a first down to keep the drive alive and, and get the go-ahead score and put that and make sure that they that they widen the gap enough to where this thing is absolutely over. And Mahomes finds McCole Hardman for the first down. Isaiah Pacheco scores a touchdown a couple of plays later. But I think my the most encouraging thing I, I felt on Sunday about McCole Hardman's return was that he is clearly and definitively their punt returner and their kick returner right now. And the Chiefs, for years now, have kind of... They had Tyreek, they had McColl, but then those guys became such big parts of the offense that they couldn't be full-time return guys. And they've desperately been trying to find somebody now for years who can step in and be an impact player there. And I think McColl Hardman's involvement in the offense is going to be here and there, and he's going to have some opportunities to make plays there. But his biggest impact on this team, I think, and I, you mentioned this last week, and I totally agree with you, is in the return game, and we got saw the first glimpse of it. And I'm very excited that Dave Tobe committed to it and was like, I don't care if he just came over from the Jets. He's our guy now, and that's what he's going to do for us. Yeah, you could just see in the shorthandedness of catching the punts. There's no doubts. And I think you could see in, in the punt that he broke off, that was a key part of the game. The Chiefs just haven't had that security and that burst ability, I think, from a return standpoint 
really since Hardman uh, got hurt last year. Uh, and I think you're seeing that back in the mix now. And they took that off Tony's plate, I think, after he was injured, shagging punts during training camp. And I just tend to think that the Chiefs are happy that he's back in the building. And you're going to see the designed plays that Andrew Reed does for him on offense. And there will be moments where I think McCall's going to step up, like you saw that third down late in the game. Also a, a key play, but I think the value is going to be as a returner, and there is value there. This is a position that rosters have all the time. They devote one of the 53 men to being the returner, and if you can do a little bit in, in the on the offensive game, I just think it, it adds so much value to everything that you're doing. So good for Hardman to be back in the mix. Didn't work out in New York, but you can see that he's much more valuable to the Chiefs than than he was to the Jets, and I think he's happy to be back. And before we get out of here, I want to touch on the Chiefs defense one more time because I think this was their toughest test of the season, and I think they passed it with flying colors. Obviously, they get burned early in the game by the Joshua Kelly touchdown. Joshua Palmer burned them a couple of times for big plays early in the game. But once the Chiefs defense settled down, they absolutely shut down Justin Herbert in the second half of this game. And impressively Charles Amenahu coming off of his six game suspension steps in right away and looks like a difference maker for that defensive line that had already been performing exceptionally so far this season. And now I I was sitting here today when uh, some people were being critical of the chiefs defensive performance. And I was saying like, man, I'm not sure I had the ceiling of this unit. Right. Like, like I think with Charles Amenahu, if they get that out of him every week, Chris Jones had a quiet game on Sunday and it didn't matter because the defensive line was still dominant because they have so many guys that they can move all over the place and put pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Like if that's what they're getting in Charles Amenahu moving forward, I think we need to raise the expectations of just what this defense can really be. Yeah. So you're seeing, I think exactly what the chiefs have in mind with that, putting him next to Chris Jones and the impact that that has on uh, opposing quarterbacks and, and for uh, Amenahu to be in the mix, uh, especially on third down, and the, the lineup there from left to right being Karloftis, Jones, Amenahu, and then Mike Dana, and that's four, in a way, defensive end, but pass rushers on the field at the same time. And you can see the amount of pressure that it puts on opposing quarterbacks. Amenahu's able to, to bat a ball up and into the hands of Legarius Sneed. I think this is just a sign of things to come. It did take some settling in. We did see some struggles in the second quarter, but by – that second half, you can really see what the Chiefs had in mind by signing this guy in the offseason, and I think the sky's the limit. Chris Jones wasn't able to get a sack, as you mentioned, but his pressure led to this team having five sacks in the evening, which is exactly what you want. I know that Chris Jones is chasing those 15 sacks as part of his incentives, and so I, I tend to think they'll come, but he's happy to get the win and then happy that he was able to get his boys uh, some sacks as well. Yeah, just another highly impressive showing from the Kansas City Chiefs defense and continuing just to just highlight all the depth that they have across the board and just how exceptional they can be as a unit. I continue to be impressed with them on a weekly basis. I do want to mention before we get out of here that linebacker Nick Bolton, uh, according to Andy Reid after the game, suffered a dislocated wrist which doesn't sound great. Um, you know, We'll hopefully get an update on Nick Bolton later on this week. We should hear from head coach Andy Reid later on this afternoon. Uh, but not great for Nick Bolton, but the Chiefs do have Drew Tranquil, Willie Gay, Leo Chanel. They've got 
good linebackers to step in if Bolton has to miss some time. So that'll be something that you want to keep an eye on. But you want to follow Pete uh, Tweeney on Twitter at PG Sween. As always, make sure you check out all of our work at arrowheadpride.com. And as always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we are doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Uh, we'll be back later on this afternoon with a fresh edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. We will talk to you guys then.